snap. We're back, boosters. Uh, hey, happy Thanksgiving, Chad. Happy holidays to you and your family. <laughs> Thanks, Zach. That was. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I, did, I don't feel like that felt genuine to me. You know. Oh, I'm gonna get a retake. Well, I just feel like you were. Re- well, let's, re- hold on. Let's try again. Hold on. It, uh, snap. Hey, Chad. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> You still feel like you're reading. I don't know. You're reading a Thanksgiving card. Uh, this ad read brought to you by uh, ThanksgivingCards.com. It's not too late to send a turkey and a thank you card. <laughs> uh, Zach, I feel like you'd be really good at fake ad reads. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, fake, fake ad reads. Uh, wait, is the read fake or is the ad fake? That's the game we'll play. Well, I know I feel like creating like cards. Oh. <laughs> Well, just just we ought to write greeting card stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so time of loss, time of love. I think I've told here you. for you and God above. Yeah. Hallmark.com. I yep. think I've told you this before. I I feel like there there should be a like a whole slew of um cards based off of like things that people have posted on social media. Oh yeah. Like yeah, really yeah. sarcastic, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I love see I love the TikTok trend that was that's popping for a while that was like uh uh girls were posting like romantic texts my boyfriend sent <laughs> and it was like sup, you hungry? And I was like those need to be cards. Like those like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> people social media post as as greeting cards. Yeah, it's fair. That's yeah, I've fair. seen I've seen TikToks where the dad posts like things as his daughter has texted him. Oh, and it's yeah, great. Yeah. It's like make noodles now. <laughs> Send more money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's good. Well, you know, I think as ministers in the holidays, we can get a little bit lost in the you know, the pomp and the circumstance and tradition of uh just trying to greet each other well. Yeah. But. Now are you a are you a turkey or ham guy? So, okay, so Thanksgiving is right around the corner. Uh, this year, we've got two Thanksgivings. So my side of the family, Karen's side of the family. Karen's side of the family, we're doing a big turkey, big turkey day. Uh, my side of the family, because a lot of my siblings' in-laws are also the turkey day thing, we are doing a ham and a brisket. So, yeah, I get to smoke the brisket this year, and my mom got a ham, and so wow. we're going to load it up. It's going to be good. Yeah, I get to do that midnight brisket run the Wednesday into Thursday of Thanksgiving. So for, God, I just feel like that's gonna, that's going to sit heavy on the top of your stomach. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the only meal we're having that day. So that was that was the shift for this year. Is we're doing it like eleven a.m. Thanksgiving on the Thursday. We have some siblings that are driving that afternoon for somewhere else. So we're doing like an early Thanksgiving thing at eleven. So I figure a nap at two. We'll rally at five. It'll be great. Who's eating breakfast on Thanksgiving morning? <laughs> Do brisket tacos on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I'm here for it. Sign me up. Anybody else in the chat? Let me know. Hello. <laughs> uh, well, chat. We have some big news we wanted to share with folks. Uh, if you're friends with chat on social media, you've probably seen it uh, posted. Uh, but chat is now official. In the Lifeway family of ministry specialists and things happening. So, Chad, uh, we're recording uh, this one in commemoration of uh, places that we started, but also now doing the thing together full-time for Lifeway, so we're excited about that. Uh, The official role title is Family Ministry Specialist. False. False? Not true? That's not... You don't even know what I do here. (laughs) Why are you here? you got a desk in my garage, and I have no idea why. (laughs) 
<laughs> we'll post the picture with the episode, but it's worth noting that uh, Chad has fully moved into my garage in the garage office and brought pictures of his family and a little lamp, and he's just all about it. Yeah. yeah my official title is Parent Ministry Specialist. Oh, not family. Oh. Yeah. Because you don't it's, care about the fam. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> if you're if you're under seventh grade, get out of here. Ooh, yeah. No. Oh. Well, I mean, obviously that'll play into it. But as far as like titling goes, that's the title that they've okay. given me. Parent ministry. Specialist. Parent ministry specialist. And so um, apologies to the families at home. <laughs> you're which you're the youth ministry specialist. student ministry specialist. Oh, Thank you very much. See, same thing. Yeah, yeah. Right? We in the Lifeway family like have preferred the uh, the nomenclature of student ministry mm. over youth ministry. Whether that means anything to some people, yeah. I may just start calling you youth. <laughs> just a dig, just digs. <laughs> hey, YM. Yeah, got it. Does, does can we talk? I mean, I, I don't know how much we can really talk about oh, this okay. on air. Oh, I don't know. The word specialist. Yeah. Does it intimidate you a little bit? As like, <laughs> no, do you feel like you should know more than you actually know? No. So I. I should I know more than I, than I currently know? Probably. Sure. But what I love is that I've got a doctor brother-in-law who is just a general doctor <laughs> and not a specialist. And so there's a point of pride of walking around the house during the holidays and be like, hmm, just a doctor, eh? Because <laughs> for him, like, that's the next thing is you go on and you specialize or whatever. Somehow we've... Uh, We've crested We've that way. We've skipped that step. Yeah, there's no general. The general youth ministry practitioner at the hospital has already been occupied. We're now in the specialist. I, I think specialist just means um, that I've got a set audience that I'm trying to learn from. That's how I talk about it. That I, I, I'm right. really, I'm really excited to learn from a lot of other student ministry folks. Well, I like to think of myself as the ear, ear nose, and throat. <laughs> <laughs> doctor that's, of the of that's the high up there. That's, that's very. You think high. so? You think no, maybe no, they're actually? So I talked to my brother in law about it. There, there is a pecking order of specialization. Oh. Ear, nose, and throat. It's like one of the top three. Where's foot fall into that? My foot's pretty low. No, Obviously, I mean, for I mean, for uh, no ear, nose, and throat, uh, and then anesthesiology. And I forget what number three is, but ear, nose, and throat is like number one or number two. Really? Because it's it's a very specialized category that's also a very lucrative category for ear, nose, and throat. So mm. there you go. So for those that were wondering if they're getting into medicine, where should they get in? It's a pretty, pretty high calling. So. As, as a kid who grew up with a lot of allergies, I feel like I lived in the ear, nose, and throat. Well, doctor. you bought your doctor a houseboat, so that's <laughs> pretty exciting. <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah, we're excited to have you. I mean, again, a uh, friend of uh, LifeWay students for many ways and co-founder for this podcast, Youth Ministry Booster. But now uh, got some new things in the works, and we'll probably be hearing more from you on those project side of things in the new year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for this episode, we just wanted to hear a little bit about uh, the role of parent ministry and maybe just from you some of the things that you wanted to kind of name at the outlay, the onset of this new chapter of where you're kind of headed and going, if you wanted to share some of that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's just talk about par- parent ministry in generally. totem and generally. Okay, so the general practitioner, not the specialized. Let's talk about <laughs> in the world of youth ministry, yep. has there ever been anything that is more agreed on by everyone <laughs> and of, underutilized. Imp- of importance <laughs> With like, yeah, underutilized. It's like, it's like, I don't know the the countless number of youth pastors that I've met that it's like, you know, discipleship happens in the home. Okay. Parents are so important. Parents are the number one partner in ministry, right? And then yeah. you're like, oh, cool. Reach the parent, reach the kid, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. okay, cool. What are you? What are you doing? And it's like, 
No idea. Well, we we send out a calendar. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like we, we let them know when our events are. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and so I think at some level that that's one of the things that we really want to address, begin to change, be, begin to change not only the mindset for the parents, because I think as youth pastors, um, we would often look at our parents in our ministry, and it's like, hey, this should be happening in your home, yeah. those kind of things. But as people that say we want to partner and equip and train parents, what are we really doing yeah. uh, to make that happen? What does that look like? Uh, and, and practically, one of the things that you know we continue to hear with studies that have been done is that uh, of of families that are regularly attending um, church going families yeah not not all families church going families yeah regular attending families um, only about 27% of them are having faith conversations at home and so we which is a staggeringly low number with that qualifier like if you yeah. would have just said 27% of families are having faith conversations at home i'd be like well of course and you're right. like of your church-going people. Like, yeah. right now, think of the kids and the students, the families in your ministry, like, barely a fourth of them mm-hmm. is having it. And, like, that's that's shocking. Right. I mean, I'm not great at math, but that sounds like 73% yeah. of families are not having any sort of conversation. Outside of the church-goingness right. that they're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, it, as we know, that number is closer to two out of five Sundays or Wednesdays than it is, like... Like the the number, like the goingness to church is less, and if the attendance is less, there's less even faith conversations happening at church, let alone at home. Right. And so that number is probably not climbing. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so I think for us, you know, in in youth ministry world, uh, as student pastors, as you're listening, this may be something that that you yourself would go, "Hey, I." I know this is important. I believe in this. And so what does that look like? How can we begin to do that? So that's going to be something that I begin to... And I already have. We were, we won't completely um, spill the old Give beans. Give the game, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we're working on some resources that are, um, first and foremost, directed to the youth pastor. Yep. Um, we, we want to put you in the driving seat of being able to minister to families in your church. And so being able to equip youth pastors to have both these conversations with parents, but then also to give tools and resources to parents to be able to have conversations uh, and and just beautiful memories within their family uh, that pushes everyone towards the Lord. I would say one of the things that I think I'd love us to talk about a little bit in this episode, Zach... um, one of the core principles that I believe is important in helping churches minister and train and equip parents um, is it starts with the parents. Okay. So I think one of the big concepts in like resources and in, in training parents, a lot of times it comes from the direction of the student. Mm. So, and these aren't bad things. These are great things. And I think it should be a part of it. But if it's all we do, we may be missing a step. Here's what I mean. Um, let's say Zach working, you're a youth pastor again. Yeah. Can you put yourself in those yep. shoes? Wow. Wow. The, this guy, what a great youth pastor. <laughs> <laughs> I walked in, I said, what a great youth pastor. <laughs> wow. Uh, and so uh, I, let's say, Zach, you have an amazing Wednesday night service, right? And you want to quit parents. Yeah. So you may send home three questions. Yeah. Print it out. Print it. Card stock. Wow. (laughs) That palming them just like like just like at the club, handed out on the way out. Just card stock to the kid to take to their parent. Yeah. Uh, This guy's thought of everything. Did it. Yeah. Um, 
But most of the time, those questions are going to deal with what that student has just heard or just learned. Yeah. Uh, and then you're trying to get that parent to engage in that conversation. Yeah. Well, if we think about it, 73% of those families are not doing that. So right. that means that that expensive card stock is immediately <laughs> going to the trash. <laughs> Should have gone with paper light. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but then on top of that, because that parent wasn't in the room, and maybe even that parent hasn't been to church in a while. Yeah. How did they begin to engage in that? Because they definitely weren't there for the talk Correct. that I gave Correct. that was so good with three points and an application yeah. step. And so now they're trying to have questions and conversations about a student that overheard it. Right. They had no basis for it. And so right, yeah. even if they're foundational, forma- formational in their biblical understanding, they've been disconnected from yeah. the plan that we had in place. Yeah. Well, and I'm, once again, please hear me. These are not bad things. These are great things that we want to be doing and can do as youth pastors. You should be doing, but the limited impact is the question. Yeah, and it, and it it may not be where parents are at. Sure, sure. Right? If we're talking about 73% of this entire population is not having any sort of conversation, to dive into the deep end is a little bit of like swimming lessons where dad just throws you into yeah, the pool. Yeah, um, and, and now we have a fear of water. <laughs> correct. Yeah, or, or you have what's really real right now is you have parent guilt. Yeah. I think you have, I think you have a lot of well-intended parents that would even agree with you that discipleship should happen in the home, but then they're going, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. And then you hand them three questions and they've never been there. And now they feel even um more pressurized. Yeah, to, and insecure. Yeah, yeah, right. Like yeah. now they're looking at three questions and they can't even do that. Yeah. Um, and you're, just, you're heaping guilt on guilt. Yeah. Correct. And so trying to help parents begin to grow themselves, understand and see their relationship with the Lord. Yeah. And even at baby steps for them um, of having conversation based off of what God's done. Mm. Deuteronomy 6, which is like the passage. The Shema, that's right. That's where, right yeah. where like you can't talk about parent ministry without Deuteronomy right. 6. But this whole passage comes from this place of loving the Lord your God with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. But then as it begins to talk about how to impart this or imprint this onto your child, it's coming from a place that the parent themselves would have it, that the parent themselves would love the Lord in such a way uh, and then begin to share that for the student. And so I think for us as ministers, we can't forsake that first step of helping mom and dad fall in love with the Lord. Mm. Because the reality of it is, is Zach, and we've talked about your own family, you're you're growing up a little bit. Um, And I mean, I've met old John Work and he's pretty awesome dude. He's a good dad. But one of the, one of the things that I see is your, your dad knows and loves the Lord. Mm. And so out of that, you've shared stories of conversations that you guys used to have over the kitchen table. Yeah. That wasn't given to him. That came from an abundance of what God's doing in his life. Now, we can't fabricate that in parents' life in the same way we can't fabricate it in students' lives. Right. But giving parents the tools or connecting them with the tools that may already be happening in your church— Yeah. Um, or, or great resources of just 
getting mom and dad in the word, getting mom and dad in prayer time, getting mom and dad in front of the Lord. Um, Because I believe if we as ministers can move in that direction and be thinking about that, then the likelihood of those conversations happening in the home is so much higher. So much higher. And I think the reason to go back to your first point, it has to come from you, the minister, because you have the best chance at relationship with them, which is the best portal for us to remove some of those layers of guilt, right? Like I think that's done done correctly, um, uh, injecting, exciting, stirring up, the conversation pieces that we want to have cannot just be abstracted from a resource, but you know it's it's contextualized through the relationship that the minister has with the student now with the parent, and so you become the activator, encourager, and and, and if we can say it, guilt remover for the parent because you both want the best yep. for the student. I think even more so if I can say a little bit again on the student ministry side of things. Uh, even more so than sometimes an adult small group can do. I mean, there's a community there that's really important. Um, but because you, the minister, and them, the parent, um, both want the best for their student, you have an immediate connection point um, to draw strength from each other because mm-hmm. you want the best for Ashley or Timmy or Adam or whoever is their kiddo that they love uh, because you love them too. And so it's not just more resources for resource sake, but it is the equipping, um, the mindset shift of I want to help you to help them so that we can, you know, nurture and disciple them best together. That is really a a subtle but significant shift. And so uh, I, I think this is the season to be thinking about it because this is the season that maybe you're seeing the parents more uh, through either holiday activities at church or Christmas time stuff. Like this is uh, a chance to recalibrate how much we really are invested uh, in the relational conversation spaces with our parents. Um, Chad, I'm excited to see the things that you are, have already laid out and are trying to put together uh, to help us do this important work, um, not just by creating more resources for resource sake, um, but in partnership with those that are loving students. I think in the last year and a half, we uh, have awakened to the reality um, that we have a lot more partners and supporters in our work of ministry uh, and that we are not isolated in our work to care for this generation of students, both in the home, at the church, and outside um, that really, really matter. So so let's talk about some nitty-gritty. Okay. What's the nitty-gritty? Some, some down in the nitty-gritty. Okay. And that from uh, Nacho Libre? In the, that's, that's, I think that's so, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, us. Okay, us. Well, you know, I mean, we're not going to step on our own toes. <laughs> um, I think there are a lot of youth pastors who may also be disguising themselves as parents. Oh, you're saying that there's uh, some 30-something youth pastors that have got kids in the home? Possibly. Possibly. If we want to help equip parents to disciple and talk to their kiddos, um, and I know not everybody's a parent, but many are, mm. what does it look like for us? Uh, in the same way that we want to have parents having faith-based conversations, yeah. are we, and to go back to what we are talking about, are we living it out? Um is our only quiet time with the Lord, <laughs> our only scripture time, yeah. 
in the office. <laughs> in the office for sermon prep. Yeah, under the watchful eye of our senior pastor. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, if your senior pastor's seen you read the Bible more than your kids. Can, can I just say, though, maybe this is the, not the aside we should have taken. Um, I was talking with uh, a young man that I'm working with in youth ministry, and he asked, like, what's the easiest way to improve my relationship with my senior pastor? And I said, have your Bible open in your office. Yeah. And he didn't believe me. He's like, no. And I was like, no, have it open. Like, I mean, like, sincerely, have it open to what you're working on, right. but don't just have it on your iPad, have it on your Bible. And like, now his senior pastor's like, tell me what passage you're reading. Because he was already doing, he was prepping stuff, but something about like the open Bible was literally an open invitation. Uh, and so, I don't know, maybe that's something for at home too. But it was just the idea that like, because it was literally open somewhere, there was like a starting place. But anyway, wow. so, so okay, so open open Bible at home, but the, yeah, quiet time beyond just the church office, right? Like how do we, how do we actually open up scripture at home that's not just a workplace-based thing? Yeah, I don't know. I don't that's know. a really, by the way, you've, you haven't told me that story. I'm sorry. I'm just- and that's fascinating. <laughs> I love that you have like, <laughs> you've basically equated like senior pastors as like, animal pet training you know what i mean it's like I, when they hear the bell they... hey I, a share a shared a shared wizened elder in youth ministry always talked about a senior pastor as a horse that you just never want to spook them <laughs> like that was all that was always one of mike's great lines is that your senior pastor is both a human and a horse he's a you human he's wanna... a real person he's a real person um, but he's also a horse he doesn't want to spook them you don't you want to get sneak good. up behind him yeah 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 <laughs> God, you can so trade them. You want to spook? No, but it's but it's one for the so for my friend. Like that was the thing that was so important is like because I know he was preparing stuff. He's a smart, studious yeah. kid. But it was like you know the classic like iPad Logos sure. software. And I was like, just whatever you're working on Logos, Logos, like just have it open on the Bible like on your desk. Yeah, because that's so, what he knows. That's right? what because yeah. for the senior pastor, that's how he would do it. That's it. That was the whole game. Changed it. Yeah. So he walks by. He's like, well, what are you working on? So now Beautiful. he's got a chance to open the conversation. Yeah, so. now his youth pastor's not just sitting in his office playing g- games on his iPad. That's right. And again, because he wasn't. Like, I know this guy. Like, he, he probably spent too much time studying, if I can yeah. be honest. Yeah, yeah. That's so good. <laughs> uh, so maybe at home that's it, too, right? But, it's, so, tra- watch this transition. Uh, ready? <laughs> much like a hard left. <laughs> uh, just like senior pastors, our children are watching. That's true. That's uh, true. And so, you know, as parents of, of little ones for you and I, our kiddos watch, man. Yeah, man. They start to pick it up, those kind of things. They ask questions, yeah. big questions. And I think for us, we've got to be mindful. Um, and for all the parents listening, um, what does it look like for you? Yeah. Like, are you living it out yeah. over, over this Thanksgiving period? Can they see it? In the month of November, yeah. are we just teaching about gratitude on Wednesday nights, or are we living a lifestyle of grat- gratitude and thanksgiving in our homes in front of our kids? Yeah. yeah. Um, let's not be people that talk more about things that are scriptural and biblical uh, and, and less of action in our own life. Yeah. And so I think our children need that because our children as pastors' kids can grow up very jaded having parents that talk about things a lot but don't live them. Yeah, it's true. And so, man, if if for many of us as parents, I think a starting point to begin to think about how do we minister to parents is asking the question of what do I need? 
um, as a parent myself, what are things that I need to, that I need to be encouraged by, equipped for, to live out an authentic and real relationship with Jesus Christ in front of my kids? That's good. Um, Zach, as as a friend, um, brother, I, I want to encourage you. I hear you talk about your boys and the love for them and the care for them. And I hope and I pray that I'm a friend to you that pushes you to be more and more like the Father and to talk about these things and to live them in front of your boys and with Karen uh, in a way that is life-giving to you guys. Mm. Well, next time we come hang out, uh, we want to hear stories of how we shared a little bit more uh, of our own faith journey, not from the stage, uh, but at home, uh, around the table, in the chair, uh, and before bedtime at night. Uh, snap! of the Youth Ministry Booster Podcast. We would love it if you'd give us a like, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you listen to. It means a lot to us, and we are oh so, oh so grateful 